0: Welcome to Season 2, Episode 36 of the IntelliCast Podcast, brought to you by EMI Research Solutions. My name is Adam Jolly, and joining me, as always, is Brian Lamar. Good morning,
1: Adam. been a while, I feel like, since we had like a...
0: It has been a while. Well, forever we're interviewing all those people for that Georgia conference. Yeah. Not a lot of just a gift of gab. Yeah, not a lot of gabbing. As always, IntelliCast is brought to you by EMI Research Solutions and part of the IntelliCast Podcast Network. If you'd like to be a guest on IntelliCast, you can email us at IntelliCast at EMI-RS.com. EMI is EMI underscore research, IntelliCast one on Twitter, and my own personal Twitter is Adam Jolly. Brian, what's new in social media world with you?
1: Oh, man. Not much. Yeah? But I really got into the, what was the, what was the thing that um, Netflix did? It went viral. They were like, hey, what's something you can say about your brand, but also
0: about... Like, oh, it's something you can say about your brand, but also while having sex.
1: Yes, that was the most viral, incredible thing. Did we? We didn't participate. In that I'm assuming. Oh, we had some. what great, didn't we? I don't know. Yeah, grow an being well, adult. Yeah, we can like, talk about oh, sex. best efforts. We can talk about all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah, like, we're, we're I was st- just read the replies of that on Twitter. It was unbelievable how many different brands jumped on board, and Netflix was playing around with their competitors. It was kind of yeah. cool. That's my social media update of the week. I love it. We're
0: a sex positive <laughs> podcast, um, so <laughs> <laughs> we should participate. Still, we still have time. Yeah, let's do it. Um man, what a good start. To the podcast. <laughs> this is probably our last recorded of the year, so we're going all out. Put the E on this one. <laughs> Market research news. <clears throat> Some stuff has happened. Uh let's of not course. start off with the biggest one. Let's go with uh Measure Protocol. Yeah. Hey, our old buddies. They uh, won the MRS ASC award. Uh, There's a big deal um, last week, two weeks ago, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, over in the UK. Uh, and they won the best technology and innovation. Cantar uh, Profiles won the Grand Prix Award for the greatest impact, which is also great. Uh, we've talked about Cantar g- Profiles uh, from a sampling aspect here. Uh, maybe not been as talked about as much, but uh, you probably follow along on Twitter yeah. a little bit, Brian. What were your thoughts on the MRS Awards? And sp- particularly Measure Protocol and Kantar Profiles?
1: Um, we know, obviously, the Measure Protocol guys. Super happy for them because we know how hard they've worked. They're also listeners. Uh, we need to get them on the podcast soon so they can talk about the award, give a, a, acceptance speeches from everyone maybe. Yeah. But I'm happy for them because I do think that they offer an innovative product. And um, I think that in 2020, most people in the industry, if you haven't heard of them, you will hear from them. And so um, it's just some... Um, just motivation for for the you know if you don't know Measure Protocol they're building they have built an app it's a kind of blockchain based market research survey app and they've spent a long time a couple of years on it and so it is released and I guess it's live I don't know if it's the beta version or the actual version but I think it's the actual version and so um, you'll hear more about them but yeah happy for them what about you.
0: I think it's pretty awesome. Um, I think it also, it, it's great for, say, you have a podcast and you maybe have some kind of influence in the industry and you went all in on a technology thinking it was going to be the next big thing in the industry. And then for a year, nobody talks about it, like blockchain, just per yeah, se, yeah. hypothetically. If that happen? You're a 37-year-old male living in Cincinnati that talks about blockchain all the time and then nothing happens. Yeah. Um, man, come back welcome back yeah blockchain's back everybody measure protocol wins the award and all of a sudden uh i'm not an idiot anymore
1: well it was like blockchain all oh, there's this new thing let's invest in it let's build something well i think that in today's society we expect things to be built in like <laughs> almost real time right exactly right <laughs> so it's like huh nothing's happened in a year what the? what the Fell heck? apart did it, did it fall apart <laughs> not like real right no it's it's coming and you know not just measure protocol, but there's other apps up there. Ubidi I downloaded the other okay. day and I'm a member of their panel. It's pretty cool. And the Glyph is coming soon. And 2020 obviously has a, a smaller, more qualitative blockchain panel. Those others that are out there investing in it. So I think you'll, I think it'll be loud in 2020. This is not a pre- our predictions episode, but that would be a prediction of mine.
0: Yeah. Bleeding edge. Look at us. Um, <laughs> Cantar,
1: uh, uh, by the way, good for them. Cantar, um, I'm not sure who the other people in that category were. Maybe I should have better prepared for this. But
0: Grand Prix sounds fancy.
1: Yeah, that sounds like a big award. It sounds like, yeah. So good for them.
0: Or maybe it is Green Prix. I don't know. <laughs> uh, speaking of cancer, they launched the Express <coughs> Survey on the Cantar Marketplace. Kind of like a a quick polling type tool that they have on the Marketplace. That's kind of their DIY um platform that they have uh for field work and some things that go a little bit beyond field work as well um anything here i mean it just seems like it's kind of trying to keep up with the the survey monkeys and those type of things right
1: yeah that's uh, that's exactly right so it's good to see a big player kind of get in there even if they weren't first to market i'm assuming this is why they kind of got out of the zappy relationship maybe right i don't know i'm just theorizing there i don't know well by the way we'll have to do an apology Podcast, a lot of it yeah i mean we're talking a it. lot of brand names and making a lot of assumptions here. get used to it but we make um, up stuff <laughs> but cantar i mean that's i mean it's pretty thorough i kind of examined all of their options and it's pretty thorough um you can't buy sample only that was the main reason i was going there to see if i can just get sample only but you can't it's more full service so competing with um you know the zappies and all the other
0: ones that are out there agile research yeah it's out there. it uh, last bit of news, uh, the Insights Association made a big hire this week as uh, something that involves me personally, as, um, uh, as, as most people listening to the podcast know, I threw my hat in the ring. I offered my services, um, uh, to be the new CEO of the Insights Association. They, uh, they went a different route and, uh, I, all I can do is be the bigger person and, uh, wish the person that they named the CEO well, and that is Melanie Courtright of Dynata. Yeah. Big news! Yeah, huge news for especially us and Sample. Huge news for Sample. Uh, So first, let's talk about uh, Insights Association. So David on stepping down. His last conference was the CRC conference, and now Melanie stepping in. Um, What does this? What type of impact does this have on uh, the Insights Association?
1: I think it's huge. Um, um, Well, first of all, at a personal level, um, we both know Melanie. I Mm -hmm. have a lot of respect for Melanie. She is super smart. I love it that she's outspoken. She's not afraid to – I don't know if the word's controversial, but she's not afraid to – she won't pull any punches. And so I think we need that in this. We have some challenges in that. So, I I mean, first of all, David Almey did a great job. He kind of led that merger, and I think he was there for quite a while. Yeah. But so I think Melanie can kind of take it to the next level, and I think she has definitely insights into some of the bigger challenges, which I think are in terms of quality and sampling and also i think that she's going to have to navigate through this kind of privacy reputation of marketing research that i think she'll be really good at um so i'm super happy for her i think it's a great great for the industry great for the insights association great for us
0: i love it um it's huge for the insights association i wonder uh, what the impact is with her joining the insights association does this give more credence to data and where things are going now uh, traditionally in situation, everyone kind of gets an equal voice. Uh, but I think with her relationships that they have on the corporate side, both that she's developed at Dynata by leading things like a lot of the, being really involved in CASE, yep. um, those, does more corporate entities start to get involved? And this, does this become more of like what can we do with all the data we have rather than thinking about the traditional primary and secondary market research fields that we have and a lot of the market research firms that are a big part of that? Um, so, like, that's great. Like She yeah. brings a lot of things there. My biggest impact, I think, is I immediately start to think about what happens to Dinata. Oh, yeah. With this, right? And so, when you think about in the last month, um, two of the people that speak at the most conferences, so they're kind of the loudest voices with Dinata, maybe three if you add in pair uh, for what he does on the ad effectum size and ARF and things like that. Uh, but with Roddy and Melanie leaving, they kind of lose their um, face. I bit. think, right? Like, yeah. if you think about them, uh, you probably don't think about Gary. You probably don't no. think – I mean, you probably think about your rep or whatever. But, like, they are at the big conferences speaking. They're on stage. They Everyone reads when they write. Everyone's looking at their post on LinkedIn. They're reading their green book logs. Like, everyone has something going on there. And so losing those two people and now losing Melanie, um, who is um, twice as smart as Roddy <laughs> – Yes. If not more. Uh, Yeah, exponentially. uh, That hurts, right? Like what do you do as far as like insights or as far as credibility? Really now the credibility for Dynata is we're the biggest, so we got to be the best, right? Where it used to be like they're the biggest, the best, and they have these unbelievably smart people.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I completely agree with you. There's a little bit of a gap in the industry. So some people step up. There's opportunity out there for the other kind of insights Leaders and voices to kind of fill that void. You know, Melanie and Roddy. I read everything they wrote for the past. Year, ever since I got into sample, I would read every tweet, um, every article they've written. Um, so there's definitely a void there for people to step up. So it's an opportunity for a lot of people. The any other sample company out there, if you have a thought leader, now it's time to step up and let's let's do some fun stuff. And and um, yeah, agree. But I don't know, Dineda. I don't know if this. You know, I don't know why either of them have left. Yeah, but I'm wondering if the direction of Dynata is part of it, or if just better opportunities arose. That's that's kind of my question. Yeah, I I won't.
0: I'll let them speak to that whenever they want to on their own podcast. (laughs) But I think it's uh, yeah. You you just think about like what it does for them, right? And is there an opportunity for somebody else to step in and be like, okay, we're the loudest voice in the industry now. Can we, you know? can we lead with insights and talking instead of just the salesmanship that we all kind of fall back onto when it comes to sample. So. Yeah.
1: This, this does give her a leg up on researcher of the year and the woman of the year, which she's already won before.
0: Um, I think that she definitely, especially because, uh, one of the bylaws is that you can't be at your, you can't win twice in a row while at the same company. Um, so maybe that was her motivation, <laughs> right? But maybe she wanted so. <laughs> to win researcher of the year. Um, more to come there. <laughs> Um, I hope it'll be a gala, much like MRS and like those Quirks Awards where um, I've run into tux already. Uh, Let's jump into um, what have you and I been up to the last couple of weeks? Jeez. This is a busy. So last week, I was at the DIY conference uh, put on by the folks at TMRE Connect 365. It was in New York City. I was there with Amy Carley, uh, and it was a first-time conference for us. I think the second one that they've had. Um, it was really exciting. Yeah. i okay. I'll lay, if I was just somebody who walked in the room, what I heard was a lot of brands talking about what they do for DIY, how they try to avoid compromise, why they go DIY versus using like a full service market research firm. And a lot of what they were doing were taking the DIY for their qualitative type aspects like they were you know if you were a soup company you were going to a restaurant and having people try the soup and getting their insights right away or if you were you know if you are working for a cell phone company you are asking doing more DIYs more like focus groups like getting those like kneeling the haystack type people rather than something you would do for uh you know having an online survey for instance, or or going through a big platform. Um, there was a lot of talk also about like communities and building like these fanatic type communities, which is something that's been going on for probably the last 10 years, but how they were doing that themselves. Um, and having like somebody like a vision critical host their, um, community or whatever. Um, So that's pretty great. Like if I am like if I am a research director at a brand, and I was going there, like man, I should start doing some of this. I could save us a little bit of money. I could still get some insights. I can have a little bit more control about what the research was going on uh, by doing that. And so I think I left that conference um, feeling really good. Like and feeling like man, as I'm doing these budgets in the last month, I can shave some cash here. I join a DIY and I won't have to compromise that much. Yeah. Um, so that is from the normal person from the me, the sample person that does primarily quantitative uh, research, not the best conference in the world. Um, yeah. just because not a lot of them are talking about what they're doing for quant, um, how many surveys they're doing, uh, things like that. I think it was a good conference for a survey monkey, uh, you know, somewhere where people could go through and do a primary quant survey or an ask your target market, do a couple hundred completes, and then maybe have them send out their client list as well to do some CX type thing. Yeah. Uh, but maybe not the best for the companies like uh, EMI or Protege or Taluna or something like that, to where you're really focusing on that primary quantitative survey-type answering-type things. Okay. Um, great location is at the West End in Times Square, which is like actually a block away from Times Square. Yeah. So you didn't have to do that. Yeah. Um, I will say, funny, funny story, I um, walked through Times Square while wearing my badge, yeah. which had my name and my company and my title on it, and it was oh. about six inches long. Like, it was a huge badge on it.
1: How many Elmos said, hey, Adam?
0: A lot of people saying my name, <laughs> and my email was And when I came back. Um, somebody took my name and started sending emails to people inside the company. Oh, asking that's them how that happened. Out, I'm, I'm pretty sure. That's crazy. I'm pretty sure Elmo got me. Huh. He fished me. One of the Elmos. One of them, we're or Superman, one Man. of the knockoff Spider-Mans or something, fished me. <laughs> and I remember, like, I thought about it when I got back to my. Like, I was sitting in the conference. It's like, where the heck is this coming from? Because while I was at the conference, all these emails started coming out from me. Help me grab these gift cards. Hey, could you do this important yeah. assignment for me? Stuff like that. Oh, wow. And they didn't, like, fix my email. They just made it to where it was like the name that came over was Adam Jolly, but it was from, like, yeah, right. you know, Mr. Spicy at Gmail. <laughs> right. <or something. laughs>
1: were, were there other parts of the conference that were DIY? Like, did you get. Things out of, like, drawers with lockers that you had to use your badge in to get your food or drinks or anything like that? Great like idea. That would,
0: it would have been a great idea. It was buffet-style food, uh, but not a lot of other DIY. Uh, I, let's see. Some of the things that got – talk about conference. It was a yeah. small conference, uh, probably 125 people, yeah. 130 people. At one point, I looked around when I was like, is it time to go? And there were 63 people in the room. I was like, is it time to go. It's time to get out. We're not staying for the cocktail hour. Yeah. Um, cool swag. Oh yeah, got a nice piece of uh, some Bluetooth uh, like sport headphones from Vision Fo- Focus Vision or yeah. Decipher, which is cool. A nice uh, like Hydro Flask from Taluna, Ugh, felt great. That's awesome. Uh, some some cool swag. Not too bad. Yeah, cool. yeah. Uh, we did debut our new DIY sample platform called Connector. Um, I'll just leave that plug out there. Yeah, Connector. Connector. Go see it. Ask somebody about it. You can't go to the website and get it. Trust me. Not yet. Not yet. Ever. Uh, uh. Ask me about it. You can see it. It's great. Connector. TM. Don't 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 steal the name, please. <laughs> please don't. The O is a plug. It's cool. Cr- it's really cool. All right, that's it for me.
1: That's cool. That sounds like fun, though. It was fun. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> What do you got? You got uh, – where were you last week? I was in um, Athens, Georgia, the, the Future of Insights, which – I've never heard of this conference. Know, no one's ever heard of it. Oh, my gosh. It. No one's ever mentioned it in the last Never heard of this.
0: We, did we do anything <laughs> for
1: this? So, yeah, I was in Athens, Georgia. Um, I was there for three days. Um, awesome location. I would not been to Athens. I, I finally figured it out since 2001. Wow. So it's been 18 years since I've been there. The campus has completely changed. Yeah, it was on campus in the business college, which, by the way – if you're listening and you're a somewhat recent graduate, you have no idea how good you have it because you have a beautiful – they built a business college for these kids. It's like five giant buildings that are all less than five years old. And our we had a classroom in the middle of the building with no windows, assigned seats, and a computer lab with like four computers back in the day. This is where I sound like an old man. So the kids today have – it. it's just a beautiful modern building is where they go to school. Um, but the conference itself was awesome. Great content. Um Dr. Ari Zelmanow from Twitter spoke a lot. Oh, yeah. And he's just an amazing speaker. He spoke about kind of making decisions quicker. Um, and focusing on the problem, not the data, which I love that spe- speech because most of us were talking about data. You know, We can do third-party data. and we can Now we have all this passive data. Now we're going to combine more data. And here comes blockchain with more data. And he's like, look, focus on the problem that you're having and you make a decision. I mean, sometimes you don't need as much data. So it was kind of cool to have him speak. And he was on the podcast. He was entertaining as well. Um, but a lot of stuff about privacy, trust, third-party data, programmatic stuff. So it was a lot of future. It was future of insight. So it was a lot of, like, what's coming down the road. Um, great client presentations. Um, ABM Bev was there. Coke, PayPal, Inspire Brands. So he had some big brands speaking as well, really good content. It was it was in a classroom, which I, I don't really? think I ever – It was like an auditorium. So yeah. it held, like, 200 people. It was a giant auditorium. Um a lot of AI. There's a whole section on artificial intelligence, which is really cool. Skim spoke about it. The movie. <laughs> I wish it was about the movie. But yeah, there's a, lot of, there's a futurist there <laughs> talking about like the future. Like that's pretty sweet. We're gonna have robots doing stuff for us soon. It was a little little out there, but it was pretty cool. And then, from, like a personal level, it was the content was great. I would recommend go anybody go next year. It's gonna be next year. I think Atlanta maybe, but it might be back in Athens. Um, it was really cool just to see, like, old friends I hadn't seen. Some of them I hadn't seen in, in literally since we graduated. Um, there were six people from my class there, which was 25% of our class, which was awesome. Um, some old, some people I'd known for years just of being part of the program. Um, so old friends. Made a lot of new friends with, the, like, the younger people. It was really cool. Um, it's just, like, I have a lot of pride for having attended there, which is one of the main things, is that, you know, there's just so much camaraderie, camaraderie and, like, a family. And it was, like, one of the best times I've honestly ever had professionally and, like, personally seeing old friends and stuff. So it was just awesome to be there and see people and take pictures and see pictures of everybody's families and see how they're doing professionally and personally.
0: And, yeah, it was awesome conference. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Man, um, what a great week for us to be on the road, right? <laughs> yeah. it was awesome. Yeah, just a
1: little trip before the holidays
0: really get going. And Did you see Michael Stipe? No. The coffee
1: shop where I did see Michael Stipe is now a Starbucks, which really upsets me. Yeah, it was like it's a mom such... and pop. Yeah. Um, it was a mom and pop back in the day when I saw Did Michael you
0: see Stipe. Hugh Atchison, the chef?
1: Maybe. I don't know
0: who that is. Yes. You probably did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, so as the year has grown by, and starting last year, last May, we had the the big shift in data privacy. You yeah. have things like GDPR come up last May, and this year some things starting to happen in the United States. So you have people, uh, states like Vermont starting to get involved, and California starting to get involved with data privacy, and um, something called the CCPA yeah. has been brought up. And Brian, you've really dug into this, um, and so let's have a little discussion about it. Let's talk about how is like GDPR coming to the United States, and how are things like CCPA going to evolve us into twenty twenty.
1: Yeah, so hopefully, I think if you don't are not aware of CCPA, um, you will be soon, and somebody in your organization is likely working furiously on it, probably a legal department and tech. But basically, CCPA is the um, California Consumer Protection Act. It takes effect January first, so when you're listening to this, it's real soon. I don't think the fans the fines start till june ish right but it starts it comes into effect january so everybody's rushing to be compliant if you're out there you're probably getting emails about new terms and conditions you're probably accepting cookies again when you go to websites and you're like what's going on that's why people are becoming compliant and making you agree to additional terms um for us in research, it's really relevant because similar to GDPR, um, respondents and people have much more ownership and access to their own data. And so that, that affects us. And I know that Insights Association has recently become very loud in terms of trying to adjust the legislation for our industry because it's it's putting us it's putting us in a tough position as an industry because California has a law, and like you mentioned, Vermont, and every state's going to end up having one. We need federal legislation for us because it's, it's just impossible for like companies to navigate all these different laws by state. It's hard enough, GDPR plus the I think it's Papito, the one in in Canada, and there's yep. some in South South America, et cetera. Everybody has privacy laws now, so but in sampling, it's important because we need to have processes in place to remove people's information and and give them their information if they want it and and remove them. Um, and we need to, you know, document processes. So it's, it's a pretty big deal that I hope people um, are taking seriously because you will get fined. And we won't be – I don't think we'll be in the first set of fines. You know, they'll go after Google first, right? And yeah. Amazon and – Get that Google money. People have some yeah. trillions of dollars or billions of dollars before they come after us. But it's a big deal and it's really – I think it's at the end of the day it's important for people um, to have more ownership of their data and to have privacy laws in place so we don't see things, I don't know, like – Cambridge Analytica and, you know, things like Those that symptoms, where people yeah. take <clears throat> your data and resell it. And that's how blockchain, I think, will help in the future that people will have more ownership of their data and they can sell it themselves and they can choose to sell it in some cases or not. Like for I mentioned Ubdi earlier, you take a survey on Ubdi app, it tells you who the client is at the end. And then you can choose to send your data to that client or not. So if you take a survey about... Beverages and you, it's a cool survey, and then it's Coca Cola, and you're like, okay, yeah, trust Coke, I'll send them the data. But then you take another survey, and you don't like the client, you don't have to send them your data. And so that's kind of how our industry is moving in the bigger picture, is towards situations like that, where you have ownership over your data. And this gets super important when you're talking about things like healthcare data, right? Yeah. So that's, that's, I love it. That's the two minutes on it.
0: That's pretty great. And where can people learn more about this? Where would you like suggest somebody go to? Um, you, yes.
1: Yeah, first Google, and there's going to be lots of them. Most Peter Miller. Most of them are marketing-oriented, <laughs> but that <laughs> right. applies. I mean, yeah. everybody also probably has a marketing department that all this applies as well. But also, Insights Association has been really loud. Um, they have written blogs on it, and they have people in D.C. trying to advocate for market research as an industry, and so hopefully people are getting behind that.
0: I love it. You want to do a couple of Mount Rushmores? Oh, my gosh, yes. All right. Uh, all right. First Mount Rushmore, Christmas movies. <clears throat> Oh, okay. The season is near. Uh, I think stations like Freeform and Hallmark and Lifetime are only showing Christmas movies. Yeah. Right now. So I thought we would give our uh, Mount Rushmore Christmas movies. Okay. What do you think about that? Let's see how unique we are here. All
1: right. You, I, feel like I feel like there's only like eight good Christmas movie
0: movies. Uh, yeah. That's <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> What's your first one?
1: First one's Elf.
0: Oh, uh, yeah.
1: I love Elf so much. Um. Will Ferrell is just amazing
0: in it and so I could watch it all I'd watch it year round. I agree with that. It's not on my list, but it's a great movie. Uh my first one is Home Alone. Yep. That's when I know it's Christmas time is when uh, yeah. Kevin McAllister starts beating up the yeah. the wet bandits.
1: Home Alone's an amazing movie. It's, it's just amazing. Awesome. So that was that was on my list as well. Alright. What do you have? A Christmas Vacation. Oh, it's on my list as well. That's my it number one be. all time. It's yeah. my favorite. It's just amazing. Um it's just a great story. It's probably the best vacation. It's debatable with the original vacation. Yeah. But it's, it's a really good movie.
0: I agree. Um, I went with The Holiday.
1: Oh, I don't know this one.
0: With uh, Kate Winslet, Cameron Diaz, Jack Black, and um, Jude Law. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This will take you there. Huh. So, Cameron Diaz lives in Los Angeles. Um, she works in the movie industry. Uh, Kate Winslet – she lives in London Town. Somewhere. Yeah. Or not in London Town, but like in the uh, a Shire. I'll call it a Shire. Okay. Uh, and they meet and decide to just switch homes for the holiday. Both are going through some heartache. Both are um, men, have made them go thousands of miles away, and then they both find love. Huh.
1: Sounds like a good movie. It's a great movie. I would find this on one of the platforms, Netflix-ish. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely on. Find. Yeah. Okay. My last one, Christmas Story.
0: Oh, I that's don't the, like the Christmas story. Yeah,
1: I think well, I think there's been some backlash because it's on 24 hours a day from on. Yeah. If it were on as much as like Christmas vacation where it's on every once in a while, but you're not forced to like I think we're forced to watch Christmas story, right? Yeah, I that's agree. become problematic. They need to redo it. But anyway, it's a, it's a great movie. Very rewatchable. You can kind of just jump in anytime like all these other movies, you just kind of jump in and have a good time. I agree. So my
0: my last one had a lot of things I was thinking about. I I thought about uh, Love Actually. Yeah. I thought about um, The Christmas Carol. I thought about Scrooged. Yep. Um, But I went with my number four Christmas movie, um, Gremlins.
1: Gremlins.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Gremlins uh, with Gizmo. Um, He receives uh, Magwai for Christmas from his father, who seems to be a bad dad. Yeah. let just put that out there, and he learns the rules. He can't get him wet. He can't feed him after midnight. He doesn't like bright lights, um, you know, and breaks the rules, and then pays dearly for those rules um, because he uh, Gizmo the Magwai uh, populates tiny little gremlins that haunt this town and have hilarious uh, escapades in movie theaters and uh, sporting go- sporting stores. Gremlins.
1: Well. It's interesting you say that because I was, I guess I was aware Gremlins is a Christmas movie, but I don't, yeah. I don't think of it as a Christmas movie. Phoebe Cates, man, no Phoebe. Cates. Come on, oh, come on. I am an eighties kid, so yeah. Why don't Gremlins really need to push the we're a Christmas movie? Because like maybe the Gremlins come back,
0: like everybody's buying Gremlins stuff, right? Why aren't Bring they no it way? back? Why is like uh, what year did Gremlins come out? 84, 85? 84, 85, Yeah, like you think that's coming next season of Stranger Things? Yeah, they haven't really had a Christmas season, and then Gremlins comes out.
1: That's perfect. There's some co promotion, all kinds of things that Gremlins could do to become like the hit yeah. of the of the Christmas season.
0: Also, when I was a child, I was terrified of Gremlins, but that's not here nor there. 1984. There you go. Good research. research. What's, your, what's your last one? <laughs> the producer didn't do that. that was, <laughs> In 84 um, on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. I mean, because
1: it's probably dated. I haven't seen it in a while, but it's probably a little dated. The, the early 80s movies, especially when – I mean, this was like, you know, like E.T. doesn't look like something we guess, produce today. Yeah, do you know the the voice of Gizmo was Harry Mandel?
0: Yeah, I knew that. You did? Yeah. I
1: watch America's Got Talent, and he does the voice
0: sometimes. Uh Yeah. That might turn me off. Anyway, Uh-oh. do you have one more voice? One more I do not. I movie? think I had an overlap with you. Oh, great. Uh, That'll do it for that, Mount Rushmore. Let's jump into another one, and that is Christmas Songs. Oh, here we go. Oh, I love Christmas songs. I'll go first. Uh, My favorite Christmas song, this is no secret. Um, I don't believe it has to be a Christmas song. I think it's about heartache that just happens to have on Christmas. Yeah. Um, Christmas is the hardest time to deal with heartache, and that is Hard Candy Christmas by Dolly Parton. Yeah,
1: I don't know if I'd ever heard that song before this office. Now I've heard it approximately 600,000 times. Played it a couple times in July. Love it. And it's you're right. So good. It is not just a Christmas song. And I think that's really what, if it's a great Christmas song, you don't have to play it around Christmas time. It should stand alone. Transcend it. We don't. I don't think we just play summer songs in the summer.
0: No, I mean, I, but I do. I mean, I play a lot of "Summertime" by DJ Jazzy the, Jeff and the Fresh Prince. That,
1: that, could, that goes any time of the year, right? True. Like we don't just listen to Beach Boys music in the summer. Or if you listen to Beach Boys at all, you could listen to it year round. We don't listen to love songs around Valentine's Day. Why can't Christmas music stand alone? I'm with you. There's my rant. Oh, I got the rant involved in the that. Mont was Rushmore. good. That was good. <laughs> all right, um, I agree with that. That was on my list as well. My favorite Christmas song, and it relates to our original Mount Rushmore, is "That Spirit of Christmas." By Ray Charles. Mm-hmm. It, it's the song that's in the scene from Christmas Vacation <laughs> when he's in the attic. Yeah. And he's stuck in the attic and all those families left. So he's, he's stuck dressed for like, a old, hours. like his aunt. Yes. It's yeah. cold up there. So he's got to put on these random clothes and he watches home movies. And that song comes on. It's that spirit of Christmas. And I guess it was two years ago in this office we spent – I don't know how many hours of time to try to find this song. It's hard to find. We couldn't find it on Spotify or any type of music. We had to buy it from somewhere and convert it. It took like a month. But anyway, now we can play it any time
0: of the day. That Spirit of Christmas by Ray Charles is my favorite Christmas song. That's great. Uh, My next one is Please Come Home for Christmas. Uh, The main thing that I love about Please Come Home for Christmas is the one line, my baby's gone, I have no friends. And that always gets me. I love that. Um, so yeah, please come home for Christmas. That's my number two.
1: Okay, I'm gonna go with Little Drummer Boy for my next one. Ooh, especially what was the 80s? Um, was it like David Bowie and Mickey? Bing Crosby? Bing Crosby?
0: Yeah. That- her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> they start harmonizing. <laughs> it was so weird. Yeah. <laughs> right. What right. they were so straight, and they were like they were it was like a silhouette of the other cuz Bing was a little man and yes. David was like and they're looking in different directions. Yeah. Uh oh, so good. Yeah, a little drummer boy, just timeless. And also Angela from the Office's favorite song. <laughs> true story. Yeah, it's true. Uh my next one is Step Into Christmas by Elton John. Oh, I don't know. I just I think it's pretty one. underrated. Uh, mainly because I don't know <laughs> I've always, me and my friends have always done this impersonation of Elton John that stems from Horatio Sands' impersonation of Elton John from Saturday Night Live. And Step Into Christmas is what we've always kind of gone into (laughs) with. Like be-blop-a-dee-bop, be be That's pretty good. It's <laughs> not too bad. Uh, but that's Step into Christmas. <laughs> Speaking of Rajo Sands, that little thing that him and Jimmy Fallon and all those oh, guys when too, they're on the piano yes. and they do the,
1: the dance. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's it's pretty good. I'm going to add that to my list <laughs>. now. That's a good one. That's, that's now, good one. now my favorite yeah. Christmas song. Whatever they're playing and goofing on. And Tracy Out Morgan. Cardigan. Yeah. Tracy Morgan. Chris Catan. And Chris Catan. Yeah. You think it's Jimmy Fallon just does nothing? Yeah. Yeah. He plays like one note on the piano.
0: Pretty good. Yeah. That's my next one. I just made it up. Uh my last one also maybe not a Christmas song. I don't think a lot of people but Christmas is it mentioned in the song. I think it works best during the Christmas holiday season, but that's The River by Joni Mitchell. Good okay. Song. Sad ass song. Ooh, sings a little bit. Um uh, but that was on there and that beat out uh barely beat out uh Christmas in Hollis by Run-DMC. It's yeah. another one of my favorites. Yeah. That's not really this that's Christmas it. by Stevie Wonder, um, and uh, both Christmas songs by Otis Redding. He's my favorite artist, so he has two Christmas songs. are great. Oh, White Christmas awesome. is a great one. I bet there's a lot of
1: obscure Christmas songs like that, Otis Redding, that people don't right. traditionally listen to that right. are just amazing. That's what I need to listen to. My last one is not really one song. It's the Casey Musgraves Christmas show. It's oh, on yeah. Amazon have you Prime. Have you, have, have you ever seen it? I have not seen it's it. It's fantastic. It's like she has her own variety show on, on Amazon where she's got tons of guests. She sings and there's like a storyline to it. It's pretty cool. I recommend they're ready to
0: watch that. Every song is good. I love it. Uh, that'll do it for our Mount Rushmore. You want to do a Mount, uh, the worst Christmas songs? It's oh, like all the rest. <laughs> really could be all the rest. I'm not a huge fan of the Mariah Carey. Oh. Uh, all I want for Christmas is you. Anything more I carry is
1: other than there's just a couple good songs, but like the other ninety nine percent are horrible.
0: Um, I think I'm out on most Buble Yeah. And his Christmas shtick. Um I think uh, oh, uh, Baby It's Cold Outside. Well, the remake is one of the worst songs ever. Well, made. it's the it's a creepy song. It's problematic.
1: I don't I really don't think it is. All right.
0: That's, we should have done that as our debate of the week. Debate of the week. Oh, yeah, <laughs> best worst. Yeah. Baby It's Cold Outside. <laughs> I love it. That You know what? That'll do it. Are we done? That'll do it for episode 36 of the IntelliCast podcast. Um, let's see here. Um, I'm going through the bullets because there's an outdated bullet, and I'm off. I, somebody put something on the pro- teleprompter. All right. We have a CES show coming up soon. The CES show. Oh, my gosh. We do have that coming up. I'm going. I'm going to CES uh, in January. I'm going with the Insights Association. That's really cool. Uh, Special shout out to Roddy Knowles for letting me know about this. Um, I'm excited to see who's going. If you are going and you're listening to this podcast, please send me an email beforehand, and let's talk about what's going on. But that is uh, January 5th through 8th. Um, I think it actually goes through the 10th. Um, <laughs> it is uh, in Las Vegas the CES show if you don't know it's the uh, consumer electronics show where the, all the new consumer electronics things come out the Insta put puts together a group of about 20 25 people that go out and so you have somebody to rely on you can talk about research and what are some of the research applications you can do with the show and I'm excited to be going with that as well
1: well maybe Melanie Courtright will be there that'd be like, that'd be that awesome, would be like awesome right sweet. her first week that the would job. be cool well looks yeah. like I'm going to Vegas Oh, I hope she is there. I hope she's there. Oh, that That's makes cool me excited. That you that. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Other than that, um, if you want to come on the podcast, if you want to reach out, if you have a, if you have some songs that maybe we miss or movies we miss for the top Christmas, you can email us at Intellicast at emi-rs dot com. On Twitter, we are emi underscore research Intellicast one Adam Jolly all one word. Or if you want to call us, leave us a voicemail. Text us five one three four zero one five four six three. Brian, what? It's going on this weekend. What do you got as the holidays get closer?
1: Oh, man. I had such a busy – I didn't get back from Athens until late Friday, and then we did School of Rock stuff. Johnny, R. 17 oh, yeah. in School of Rock. So that's all we did all weekend long was like Christmas shows and music and stuff. So this weekend – I'm hoping I'm doing not doing a whole lot. I'll watch the Army-Navy football game. I'll probably do yep. some Christmas shopping. I'm sure there's other sports on TV. Um, it's really I love the December sports lineup as well, but I'm, I'm not sure what I'm doing this weekend. I'm still barely here
0: today. What about you? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I um, I am on the road this week. I am going to be uh, in Los Angeles. I will be around the Converge Conference, I believe, uh, the 10th and 11th. I will be attending the Insight Association holiday party on That's the fun. 12th, which should be great. Um, and then this weekend, we're in full basketball mode with both boys right now. And so uh, Grayson is maybe the greatest defensive basketball player I've ever met in my life. That's He's awesome. just tenacious. Um, and then uh, Nolan has found his sweet spot. He loves to shoot and score now. He's <laughs> setting picks and rolling off of them. I don't, I don't know. I know is that our team's good. We are the only seven-year-old second-grade team <laughs> In the Claremont County district <laughs> that runs plays, and so uh, this last weekend we were playing at some school out. I don't. Even, I've never didn't know this school existed, uh, and setting picks, running plays, uh, and we won by thirty-two.
1: Whoa! Yeah. Setting picks at seven and winning by 30. Like, it, getting to 32 is probably hard. It's
0: pretty rough, yeah. But we won 42 to 10. Uh, Nolan was amazing. He, like, finds, like, seams, like, passing lanes. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> would you compare how him good to. good this team is. Um, he moves really well off the ball. Yeah. I'll say that. I definitely think he will be um, – Maybe like a three and D type guy. I could yeah. see him like a Tony Allen, yeah. or a Bruce Bowen, yeah. type player. Yeah, Bruce Bowen, that's good. I think that I think that's a sweet spot. He he loves defense. Danny Green, you know, he understands that the game is played on two sides of the court. You know, <laughs> it's just not all about offense right. all the time. Um, but then when he gets a shot, he's uh, has no desire to dribble to get closer. <laughs> not at all. No desire. Just jack it up. Well, and let let the hand the hand stay up there too. He'll, he's not afraid of that
1: there probably are children being taught that will be in high school and college soon that have never been inside the three point line. Yeah. On offense, right? Why mean, why get inside the three point line?
0: Layups and threes. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. There's no reason to shoot a long two.
1: Yeah, now that we're getting all these metrics and data in NBA like just take three pointers. It's
0: pretty good. It's uh but the biggest thing is just like oh, uh, we're all about like gear right now. Yeah. Like the four-year-old wears a wristband and a cutoff shirt and high socks and it's all about his look and nolan calls himself the terminator because he eliminates people it's it's the worst That's that's awesome i don't know where these kids get this confidence
1: that's cool, though. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Uh, that'll do it for episode 36 in Telecast Podcast. Uh, coming up, we'll have uh, – expect some more podcasts from us. Probably our, our best of series is going to be coming up where we replay some of the interviews for, throughout the year. We might be recording another new one with like, some of our predictions for the next year. Um, but if not, maybe just like spend the rest of the year listening to some of the old stuff. There's some gems out there. Yeah,
1: and we've got SampleCon coming What's that, February 3rd through 5th, Atlanta?
0: Yeah, it's the Monday after the Super Bowl in Atlanta, Georgia. Please come. If you have any questions about it, feel free to reach out to us. Feel free to reach out to SampleCon on Twitter or LinkedIn, answer any questions you have, not just for Sample. Is it Really, a Sample involves all of us, and we're hoping to get a bigger crowd, especially in Atlanta where, you know, an easy-to-get-to place and an awesome facility. and uh some cool stuff going on at this sample con. I think that I looked at a little bit of the content the other day and uh, it's a lot different than I think that what oh, cool. we're typical used to with sample companies.
1: Awesome. When I, sp- when I spoke at future of insights, there are very, very, very few sample people there. And so I thought I'd throw in a joke about, Hey, sample's really important. You know, we have our own conference. It's called sample con and it's next, it's next month right down the road. And people afterwards were like, there's really a conference called sample con. Like, absolutely. So hopefully we get, you know, a little awareness from like people that don't, Like, eat, sleep, and think about sample 99% of the day, like we do. Like, yeah, because it does, like you said, it involves
0: everybody. So, everybody should try to go. I agree. Thanks very much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.